Hey everybody, this is Frame by Frame, and uh, this is a little bit of a plug before the show starts. So, here you go. Are you ready? You can find us at iTunes Store by searching for us there, Frame by Frame, separate words, under the podcast category. Look for our logo and then subscribe. You can listen to our podcast directly with SoundCloud, which is at the SoundCloud website, frame-by-frame-two. You can bookmark the website where you can actually find all the above links at roastedportions.com. Follow us on Twitter at framebyframe78, all one word. And you could also go to framebyframe78 with the Facebook group and interact with us there on all our exciting little ponderings during the week when we're actually not podcasting. So please, check us out. Subscribe, follow, bookmark, support, listen, and enjoy. This is Frame by Frame. On with the show. Okay, so how's that? That's good. You don't mind that noise on the background? No, no, it's um, contemporary music for children. It's enjoyable. Super simple songs. Indeed. We're, um, we're hitting all markets. Yeah, we, we decided to go for a product placement episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just had some uh, um, some bagels, um, New York bagels. Yeah, and now, so, right, what, six years old, I watched a, a little film called The Ghostbusters, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and um, in it, at some point, they're saying, I'm worried, Ray, it's getting crowded in there, and all my recent data points to something big on the horizon. What do you mean, the big? Well, let's say this Twinkie represents the normal amount of psychokinetic energy in the New York area. According to this morning's sample, it would be a Twinkie 35 feet long, weighing approximately 600 pounds. <coughs> That's a big Twinkie. We could be on the verge of a four-fold cross-rip, a PKE surge of incredible, even dangerous proportions. We just had a visit from the Environmental Protection Agency. How's the grid holding up? It's not good. Tell them about the Twinkie. What about the Twinkie? You know, and he says something about a Twinkie. And yeah. since that point, I've always wanted to have a Twinkie, and I've never had one. Right, so and I reckon... Now, and now we have Twinkies. Yeah, so for the uh, for our musical intro, we're going to eat the Twinkie, and then when we come back, we're going to be Twinkied out. Okay? Yeah. Right? Now, this is 30 years. Noisy little oh, suckers, aren't they? <laughs> 30 years of Twinkie hype. Yeah. So it better be good. Okay. Are you ready? Do One, it. two, three, Twinkie. You talking to me? Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? Well, who the hell else are you talking? You talking to me? I'm funny how and you're funny. I'm Peter Vinkman. We all go a little mad sometimes. Yeah, it's not at all dry. It's What kind of cream, though? Just cream. Vanilla. It tastes like a very thick double cream. Mm. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! And the clock is running! Okay, I'm here with Andy Lowen. This is frame by frame. And it if, is. If, if you're the first time listener, then um, you might want to know a little bit about us. This is Andy Lewin. Um, he's a musician. Yeah. And this is Stephen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a director, writer. 
all-round good guy. You also direct. You also film. You do yeah, acting. We do. You, we, well, pretty much what you do is what I do, apart from you play guitar. Yeah. Like a genius. And here's a bit of trivia. He got groped by Bjork. Yeah. She mistaken me for a polar bear. <laughs> <laughs> right, so what are we going to talk about today, Mr. Lewin? Well, we're going to talk about X-Men, aren't we? Because um, they released... Uh, Days of Future Past Rogue Cut. This is not just an extended edition of X-Men Days of Future Past, but an alternate version of the film. Rogue. And you hadn't seen Days of Future Past? Well, I hadn't seen anything past number three, and I don't even remember what happened in number three, so I'm literally out of the loop on X-Men completely. Well, they've done what they like to do, which is restart the franchise. Every so often. Yeah, so we had X-Men Origins. Okay. Um, which is sort of just, yeah, it's just sort of establishing the characters again. Um, but with really good actors. James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, you know, we're talking world-class actors. Yeah, yeah. Which they had in the, I suppose they had in the originals, didn't they, with, you know, Ian McKellen. And Patrick, Patrick Stewart, Stewart you know. which they thought that they they would they would be replaced by these two characters. They thought that their job was over. Mm. And so when they got the call to ask them to do this... Days of Future Past, yeah. They were quite uh, uh, shocked, because they, they, they apparently love working together anyway. Mm. but they seem to I'm surprised that these two actually love working on X-Men so much interesting James McAvoy was absolutely terrified of his scene with Patrick Stewart because he idolised him so much yeah and he was really nervous about that scene who wouldn't be I mean it's Patrick freaking Stewart absolutely I mean, yeah I mean okay for some people he, he came on the scene when Star Trek Next Generation came out B you're so beautiful C you're a cutie full of charm. D, you're a darling. And E, you're exciting. And F, you're a feather in my arms. He was in Dune. Who could forget that? Oh, of course. He had his, his battle with Kyle McCoughlin. Yeah, we've all, we've all had that. Yeah, we've all had our battles. Um, and so, yeah, he's, yeah, he's Shakespearean extraordinary. Well, he's done his, yeah, his one-man Shakespeare show. He's done an entire Shakespearean play. By himself, that's quite a feat. Yes, I don't think I could do scary, that. Scary, scary. <laughs> I mean, the thing is about Shakespeare is that you, you you can kind of spend all your time reading other people's lines, but what he obviously does, he he memorizes an entire play, not just his part, memorizes a, the entire play. It's an immense piece of work to to kind of hold in your head. It really is. Yeah. It really is. I suppose in some respects, as a Shakespearean actor, you probably need to know the other guy's parts as well to know when you're coming in. It's kind of true, but it's kind of like music. You know, you know the music of of all the other. You know, you know what the percussion is doing. You pretty much know yeah, what I the suppose, violinists yeah. are doing before you before you bring your triangle in. Yeah, you know, it's just ding. Still get that wrong. Oh, sorry. Ding! <laughs> yeah. 
man. Uh, if there's any percuss- piece of uh, percussion, what would you go for? Percussion. Just changing the subject completely from film. If I was going to be a percussionist. If you were going to be a percussionist, what would you use? Um, so I can't just say I'll be a drummer. I've got to have percussionist. Yeah, you've got to have something specific. Ooh, probably bongos. Go on the bongos. Bongos, yeah. Yeah. I'm a guayro guy. Oh, okay. Interestingly, Brian Wilson used that in quite a lot of his tunes. Guayro? Yeah. yeah. I had a thing. He's a genius. For yeah. every short film we ever made, I wanted to put a Guayro in it. Right. I just wanted to have it in, in the soundtrack somewhere. Um, COCO3, we did not have a Guayro. If you told me, I would have put one in. We can always put one in the uh, in our Rogue edition. Yeah. COCO3. Rogue, Rogue edition. We just put, we just like, Anna <laughs> Anna <Paquin. laughs> Could you um, just put some weird lasers on the side of my head for no point? Just uh, while I play it. <laughs> just come in and just, 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 yeah, just serve like lemonade or something, and then just leave. No, that'd be amazing. You know, when I get out the car, and I'm just walking. If she's just sat in a chair, just playing, <laughs> playing it, for no reason <laughs> whatsoever, <laughs> just walk past her. <laughs> Never mention it. Just have it. Yeah. Oh man, that's hilarious. I mean, that, that, that's. I mean, that's the thing about this movie. It's it's purely. You know, I, I can't say that this this rogue edition is anything but a marketing ploy. Do you agree? Yeah, it's it's strange because I can't see how it's added anything more. Mm-hmm. Really, we could talk about it more in depth, I guess, in a, in a little bit. But yeah. it does it doesn't feel like a different film now. I've seen that version and the version I saw in the cinemas a year ago, and it's only, it's only the last like thirty minutes that everything just. Is added, inserted, so you kind of. There's subtle things. There's subtle things like after Hugh Jackman beats up those guys, you know, and he, he wakes up and he's in bed with that girl. Yes. And you see his incredible physique and he's quite nice, perky bottom. <laughs> he beats up those Steady guys. On. Yeah, and then he just, <laughs> when he comes outside and he just fight, he, he sees the keys, you see the car, he drives off. There was no exchange with that girl in the original car. Oh, right. There's little things like that that are different. Okay. But really. Anyway, so what happens in the film is, as probably everyone knows, is in the future, these Sentinels are basically wiped out everything, haven't they? That's right. They're they're kind of like big, angry robots. They're kind of like imagine the the, the that's like Skynet has yeah. taken over the world, and uh, this is basically what they are there. And they can sense like the mutant gene and will kill anything. That... They're after mutants. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're kind of formed by a mutant themselves, though. Yeah. They have the DNA of Mystique. Yeah, that's the thing. So what they have to do is go back in time to stop Mystique from turning into Mystique by killing that guy. Yeah. And by... Yeah, because they captured her, didn't they? They captured her as soon as she... Yeah. yeah, and then they use her DNA to make this these Sentinels... Which yeah. essentially in the future wipes it out, so they have to go and stop her from killing. From, from basically ever being a part of that history, um, with, yeah. with Nixon in the background looking kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. I guess the, oh, Anthony Hopkins, who played Nixon really well in the film Nixon, uh, was not available. That they had to have this really weird makeup over made up guy. I wasn't that bothered by it to be honest. I was, it put me off. Did it? I, I was more bothered a... about the sort of um He looked like a spitting image character, but that's fine. That's other than that. Issue little issues I have. Yeah. Right, you text me saying this is your favourite X Men film. Yeah. 
and I agree with that I think uh-huh. I think it's probably the, like X-Men 1 and 2 are fantastic but this is like an ensemble piece if I, I it's felt just like really could, really really good I could just fall into it I didn't yeah. need to know anything else and I kind of got it straight away what was going on and I didn't need to be told anything and um, I kind of like X-Men films always seem to be on the shoulders of Hugh Jackman's Wolverine that's he it, sort yeah. of has to be the, the guy the the hero the, the, he doesn't want to be but he, the, the hero and it sort of always seems to rest on his shoulders but this seems to be a bit of everyone else and a lot of it's kind of like a mystique film really isn't it it, it is her film pretty much but Wolverine she's has so to good. Jennifer it. Lawrence is so good yeah. anything I've seen her in she's just brilliant in it She's, um, yeah, I, I'd like to see her doing something a little bit uh, more unusual, though. I kind of do find that she... She's she, done it. She's done it already. Yeah, Silver Linings Playbook. That was unusual. Yeah, she plays, like, um, she's suffering from mental illness. Okay. You'd love that film. You should, should see it. Something I've got to see. I think probably De Niro's best performance yeah. for, a, for a while. Yeah, because it's, 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 that, that's saying something, because he's kind of, like, just so relaxed now that it doesn't really care what he really does, puts out there into the world but uh, yeah Silver yeah. Lining Playbook I'd like. I think it's because we've got the boy here for so so much of the time that I kind of steer myself away from watching too many you know I, I'm kind of like I'm stacking films yeah. that I know well, I can Silver Lining Playbook is quite uh, it's quite funny I guess yeah. but it deals with serious subjects and Bradley Cooper's in it as well they work really well together Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence it's a good film it's another one that if it's uh, Chris Tucker's in it as well and he's not annoying that's interesting yeah. because yeah Chris Tucker is often mm. annoying they did a film after that I can't remember what it was called oh, I want to say it's directed by Russell T. Davis American Hustle that's Hustle. it and that's really good as well yeah And but the best parts of that is when it's Jennifer Lawrence isn't it she's not in it that much yeah. but when she's in it she's great you know so yeah I'm a big fan of hers I think she's great uh, who do you, who do you think she is kind of following in um, you know in the footsteps of Jennifer Lawrence? What kind of uh, actress is she? Is she um, a, is she a Nicole Kidman? Is she a Meryl Streep? Is she? Uh, she uh, seems to be just one of her own. She she's very much her she, own. She doesn't care about how she see, how she presents herself. Like uh, at Common Com, um, she was, they were asking like, what was your favorite bits out of Hunger Games and stuff, and she couldn't remember the names of the films. And she's like, I can't remember. I know I've been in these films. I don't know. I just can't remember anything. Can everyone's like laughing about and she doesn't care. Yeah, she was more good. bothered about yeah. seeing Bill Murray and going for a drink with Bill Murray because she'd never met him before. But she <laughs> she was having email exchanges with him through Woody Harrelson. So she'd email Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson forwarded an email to Bill Murray. Bill Murray emailed Woody Harrelson and he forwarded it back to Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. And they had this little exchange, so apparently they met up and uh, she was like, "But that's that's, that's all it, she was bothered about." You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, he's yeah. He's, he's worth having a coffee with definitely yeah. but uh, was he at Comic Con as well yeah he went to Comic Con yeah. yeah so um, yeah she she's she's probably the first actress who's kind of the realist actress who basically she does her work um, she leaves that behind she, you know it, it, but in, in a kind of a world where promotion and distribution and promotion seems to be so there's, they, I think actors do more work promoting a, pro- a film than they actually do making it these well, days. Well, you know, you say you, st- you spent 10 months making a film and then you got a good year travelling the world promoting it. Which, it's... I don't think that's, that should be the way it be. I mean, a, a film should stand up on its own merits. You mm. know, if you cannot... 
if you can't shoot a trailer that gets people into a film forget about it if you can't have a poster that entices people to watch a film forget about it you don't need to have uh, press junkets and, and the thing about press junkets to, to me as well the, the the interviewers are not professional they're just anybody who works for a magazine or, uh, or yeah. online uh, yeah, representative absolutely. and well we saw with Robert Downey Jr didn't yeah. we well that was a pr- but that was not even one of those lame little little dudes who just comes in with a clipboard that was a channel 4 newsreader who actually has uh, some sort of a reputation he, he, he should he should have known better yeah and also but he's had talking about his, his drug, drug, addiction. drug addiction in his class like, and he's like press junket damn it I mean that really really pissed me off and it disappointed me because yeah. British media it annoys me anyway but that was really ticked me off. But you know, I mean, the thing is, it, 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 a film should be able to just go out there and, and be a film. It shouldn't. It doesn't have to have um, Hugh Jackman and Jennifer Lawrence doing quizzes in front of a nobody yeah. just for the sake of promotion. That's what I like. What com- voices can you do? Ooh, let's oh, try. God, yeah. yeah, now you talk about the one show, aren't you? Oh yeah, well the one, one show is doing stupid yeah. things. And... Yeah, Bruce Willis did right on that one by, by just shutting up and just. Yeah, yeah. He, he, the one show does does drive me crazy. This is not an episode where everything <laughs> drives me crazy, but yeah, at least we're talking about a film that I actually like at the moment, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. that's good. But yeah, the one show, ah, don't watch it. Mm. So don't have time for that. What did you like so much about this film? Well, I've, I'm kind of like wanting to kind of pull in independent films and, and short films and that kind of thing. And I thought I'm going to be watching this film and I'm not going to like it. Andy wants me to do, to do this for the podcast. And I thought, OK, it's X-Men. Um, I'm OK with, with superhero films to an extent, but I just know it's going to be a blow up everything. Let's tear up something. But for the most part, the scenes in it were kind of like low key. There's very little action. There's very. It was only towards the end, and it wasn't so much. But As they if, didn't have the massive end that Marvel films seem to have to have of loads of people and loads of shootouts. The, no, the real big thing was him just lifting that stadium up and putting it over the White House. That's yeah. really it. And that's that. That's the only thing that kind of. I mean, there was a couple of things with uh, Storm where she's just looking ethereal above a castle and she's waving around, and I'm like, oh, I, I'm, I wasn't really interested in that at all i kind of thought okay whatever um but but what i was interested in was the the time travel portal thing that was good the fact that they keep on coming in and out i mean how they logically were able to assemble that first scene with the sentinel where they're actually rescuing who are they rescuing kitty they're doing something no they weren't trying to rescue basically the sentinels had found them so they have to go back in time to warn them the past selves yeah. that they've found where they are and go somewhere else and they were, that's they, the idea behind it they were literally doing the thing where if you're actually trying to stop something in the past you're literally going to go back and back and back constantly over and over again and try different things and that's what they were doing yeah. they froze him and then they, they, they one of the sentinels and then they tried to heat him up and then they tried to um, they tried to trip him up with their foot. I don't know. I didn't see that scene, but that's kind of what I imagined that they were yeah, trying. Yeah, you know, yeah. You've got to try it at least once. Yeah. Um, so, and the Sentinels are really evil things. Yeah. And then, then the they're like the Borg, comes. aren't they? They sort of adapt. So yes. whatever you fire them, they adapt to it, and then they use it against you. But then there's that vagina dentata thing where their mouth opens like a like a vagina with teeth. That yeah. whole thing again. And then that's when that's when you really have to cack yourself. That's when you. I've used the word "cack yourself" twice now in this podcast. That's good. That's good. <laughs> like, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're very, very threatening, and they're very different. They're mm. not your usual robot that just, you know, you, they're just there. 
They just swarm. I just like, think they're uh, really terrible, horrible things. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things I really liked about this when they go back to the sixties, the attention to detail. Seventies. Seventies. Sorry, yeah, the attention to detail is amazing. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, the 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 iconographic signifiers. Hey. Hey, very good. Ah, yeah, the mise en scène. Oh, uh, yeah, the uh, everything that was was put in there looked authentic. Yeah, the curtain. I love those curtains, those brown curtains that yeah. he wakes up to, and everything. Everything's brown, 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 which is kind of very typical of um, of seventies iconographic. It was for what because I was born in seventy eight, but our house had a very seventies vibe to it. Yeah. about eighty eight, I think. Exactly, and yeah. it very much looked like that. But, but all the cars, it. and then when you see um, the footage. Of like the fight, uh, you know, yeah, the fight outside, and it's shot on like thirty-three mil. That's so well done. Did they actually shoot it on authentic camera? I don't know. It looks it. It's very hard to digitize that yeah. as, a, as a facsimile. Um, you got to do it. No, Brian Singer is a filmmaker. I would imagine he would do that. Yeah, so I want to do this. Authentic. Yeah, yeah, which is good because I've seen that before in, in Alien Isolation. Where they went back to 1978 and and all the in screen monitor burnings were all done on VHS or Betamax, yeah. uh, just to kind of keep in with that because they, they you can't if you if you don't need to digitize an effect when you've actually got the real thing why not just do that real thing? That yeah that was my issue with um, um, the Grindhouse thing it's twice now. Not death proof. Was it death proof? Death proof. No, well, they're trying it? too hard no, to it be. It wasn't death proof because with death proof, he shot it on thirty-three mil and aged the film himself, Tarantino. But Robert Rodriguez did that Planet Terror. Planet Terror. And he yeah. digitally did it, and it just doesn't look. You got You can't just time a tear no. in a film. It's yeah. just got to be done accidental. So another bit I really liked is how Xavier is technically a junkie. You know, he's taking he's taking that drug so he can use his legs. Yeah, it yeah. sorts his spine out, but he can't use his powers, and he's essentially like a druggie. Yeah, that's that's really I've never seen that before in an X Men film. I'm trying to think now. They're not not an X Men film, not in a Marvel film. I don't think so. Um, Batman hasn't he been a bit of a junkie in the? No, no, no. Wow. Aspen reckons you've got your information a bit wrong there. <laughs> it sounded excited then. These are squeals of joy going on in the background. He's not asleep, is he? <laughs> no. <laughs> but as long as he's happy. It looked like he was going to doze off at one point. But that was, yeah. That <laughs> These are noises of happiness, I have to say. So that they, they're not crying, so I'm happy with that. Probably because he's not interested in the song that is on at the moment. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm trying to think. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just trying, because a lot of films nowadays they try to kind of have that bit of it. It's like Kirk is a drunk in Star Trek. Yeah, they're trying to kind of pull in those those real moments. And I kind of thought that Christine Bale was a little bit of a. A dropout kind of a you know fuzzy hair. They always kind of try to make them look shaggy and rough. And mm. I mean, if you, do you ever remember watching Twenty Four? I've watched the first series of it. Well, I got to the third series, and I know it's not a spoiler, but after I'll never watch them. So it's fine. Yeah, after dealing with uh, he to go undercover, he had to get addicted to heroin. Um, and so the beginning of, of season three, he's actually coming off heroin and right. he, he keeps on shooting up 
and uh, he's, he, you know, he's, he's, which is kind of interesting. You know, right. They, they they tried to do something where he's a drug addict. Uh, you know, he's Kiefer Sutherland and he's a drug addict. And they, they tried to kind of bring that into the TV series of super, you know, a hero of, you know, type of like that. Yeah, okay. Uh, untouchable who has this flaw. He's, he's hooked on heroin. But that that's the thing. He did it because he had to, not because he chose to. Of course, McAvoy's um, Xavier. Yeah. Xavier is actually Xavier. taking, is actually using in order to prevent himself from... Yeah, well, in the the, the first event, well, Avengers Origins, is it uh, Avengers First Class? I think it's called. I thought you could say Avengers Oranges the New Black. I Avengers, no, X Men First Class. <laughs> X Men Origins. I think it's X Men First Class. First Class. Yeah. Okay. He gets like he damages his spine, and that's he can't walk. But this drug is obviously, you know, helping his spine, but it yeah. dulls his powers. Yeah. Which I kind of I like that idea. I like Beast in it. I think he's really good. Loved Quicksilver. The really quick guy. He was fun. I mean, that there was a scene where I actually really enjoyed when uh, there's that kitchen melee, um, when you know they're just just leaving the Pentagon. It's and, just uh, so well fun. done. And the music and the fact that he's just dancing around. It, it was almost. It was almost, G, uh, John Woo. In a way, well, a little woo. There's a little bit of, uh, and it was, but it was nicely done. I thought. Do you remember where you seen that character before? Where have I seen that character before? Quicksilver. Yeah. And, uh, was it uh, Age of Ultron? Was was that? Yeah, it's the same character, but because X Men and Sony have the rights to mutants, they can't call them mutants in the in Avengers the... film. Right. Okay. So they've been experimented on. And they're uh, like sort of meta humans, I guess. But that's not DC. That's Marvel still. That's Marvel. They're both Marvel. Got you. Okay, but both still... Sony own the rights to X Men. Oh, the dirtbags! So they can't say mutants in the Avengers film. So yeah, but it's essentially the same character. But I prefer what they did in Days of Future Past with him than what they did. Yeah, in Age he... of Ultron, he's just a little bit better character. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, he's he's more of a uh, he's more of the character that you expect him to be. With that kind of a power, you don't. You, when you when you're able to be fast, you're you're kind of really nonchalant about every, everybody and everything. Nobody can bother you. You know, everybody can just go screw themselves. And there's the attitude that comes with that. Yeah. Um, the only thing that he's interested in is the fact that you're going to break into the Pentagon, and that gets him. It's like, oh, I've never done that before, kind of a thing. Like, yeah. He's I like, want to try that. That's fun. Yeah, That's just like yeah. yeah you want to you want to come out for ice cream, kind of a, a yeah, thing yeah, to yeah. a child, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think the attitude was right, and I think in I love that scene where he just yeah. puts on his headphones, and then that's it. He's running around the world, and he's like, you know, moving the bullets, and then putting the fist to the policeman's face and stuff. Yeah. It's so good. It's so well done. It's great. It's it's beautifully beautifully done, and you know, it's 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 a special effects movie. I've got to let that be. What it is, and um, you know, it's but not just when the they, special effects, but movie, when they, you've got good character development in the, they do use special effects to service the film. Mm. It's you know, it's not over the top, yeah. and I I appreciate that. I appreciate that, and I like how no matter what they know of the future, Magneto is always trying to serve his own agenda. He never follows, even though he and Patrick, are, are, he and Xavier are very, they're still friends. 
the friend. Well, the but there's that bone new, of contention. The sort of younger ones, they're not friends, but the older ones are. Yeah, I think they've sorted out the differences because every all the mutants, everyone's been killed, no matter what they've tried, it's all yeah. failed, and this is the last chance. Because Magneto was never actually bad; he was just he just had another idea about how things should be. Yeah, he wanted the mutants to control everything. Where you know Xavier wants everyone to just coexist and be happy. Yeah, and it's you know it's a good. So it's just sort of a subtext, really, on racial awareness, I would say. That's what the X-Men was born out of. Yeah, true. I mean, they are all allegories for yeah. what we're looking at today and how, you know, how ethical um, things are. Because mutants could could be so many different possible pockets of our society. Yeah. You know, it could be about disability, it could be about... You know what color your skin is, or where you're from. Mm. Um, you know, of course, immigrants are the big thing about, uh, or migrants, not immigrants. We were right. To, we're we're okay to leave this country to go into yeah. other people's countries, but we don't like people coming into our own country, which is. Uh, you know, I that's hate. Odd, isn't I it? hate immigrants. Yeah, I was an immigrant. Going over the. I went. I went over the Netherlands. Stole their jobs. Yeah. Stole well, their women. Oh, just one. <laughs> just one. You're not greedy. <laughs> not greedy. But um, yeah, it, it, it still it still keeps its agenda to that because X Men's always been about that. Yeah, and it keeps on going back to that. And, and... so the reason um, Magneto's in the Pentagon is because he he tried to say he assassinated JFK. Uh, which is interesting. That part I think is interesting. I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know. I, not, when he said like I didn't kill the president, Charles, and he said I was trying to save him, and he's like, "Well, why are you trying to save him? He was one of us, Charles." Because I like the whole scene yeah. where you know um, where Xavier stands up and he's like saying, "Where were you for us? Where were we being killed?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the whole plane starts. You know, that's what I saw, and I, I must. That's say, right, it was yeah. just before that, but it was really. I thought that part's really good, and I love that little sign of Wolverine afterwards. Like, so you've always been an asshole. Then I love it. That's great. Little, you know. But just that little JFK thing, saying that he was a mutant and that's why he's trying to save JFK. Yeah, he was one of us. Yeah, never like, never like that. I mean, it's, it's, you know, yeah. Le- le- stop, stop putting popular culture into it. You know, that's, yeah. that's kind of like, yeah. But hey ho, what can you do? But that's been done before. That's been that's been said before in, in different films in different incarnations. I've but, heard that. I, I swear, I've heard something similar to that. Quite possibly. Oh, Jesus! I can't think what it was, but there was a moment where somebody says, "Oh, you know the blah blah blahs." Well, they're 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 one of them. Really? They haven't even aged. Einstein was right. Einstein was probably one of them. Erickson, David A. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think it's a device. It's a device that's probably been used a lot. Yeah. And I cannot, for the life of me, so I'm just going to leave it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, but the, I, like we were saying, the film is really good, I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it doesn't fall into that kind of, right, the end act is going to be all smashy-bangy. We don't, it's not really like that. It's, it is more of a character-driven film. It's quite brave for them to do, to be very... Because uh, I skimmed through it, you know, when I was looking at the the DVD, I looked through all the different chapters to see what, you know, what was different. Yeah. 
Um, and every scene was about characters talking to each other. Mm. There was, you know, even when they were doing stuff, they were talking. But then there's bits of humor. There's, there's a lot of humor in this movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Tons of it, you know, more so than I thought Age of Ultron. Because I kind of think Age of Ultron was kind of trying too hard to be funny, whereas this one kind of actually the characters did things that were funny like the guy like when Quicksilver um, duct tapes the guy in the elevator that's hilarious yeah yeah and he, he, all you can see is just like yeah because they're having that whole conversation afterwards and you see the facial expressions when he's actually explaining yeah because when, they, when they're going back up the yeah. uh, left so what are you in here for he goes oh for killing the president and then Quicksilver oh. looks at the guy who's taped up and the guy's just blinking <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's like a, so it's, it's subtle and it works but with Age of Ultron I I, I, I don't I, agree with that I, I think, think Age of Ultron they, is just they I would, think it's Joss Whedon's writing yeah but it's when when they're in that car with, with Scarlett Johansson and they're talking and they're kind of in that big action scene driving trying to swerve and they're saying well would you like to have a, a house with a porch would you like to have a garage you know that's that's when I kind of see humour kind of getting in the way where I don't agree I I stand by that and I think that I I didn't see any of that because that that jumps out at me with Age of Ultron but it didn't jump out at me but I suppose with those two characters in Age of Ultron they've that's the way they've always been because they've okay. they, they've been in war after war after war and fought beside each other and that's right. sort of what they've always done and I don't have a problem with that at all yeah I just kind because of because I like the idea that it's, it's cocky it's cocky but I like the idea of people are so used to just being in a battle that it's like a job it's just domestic it's, it's like me tuning a guitar and talking to someone next to me about yeah. something yeah. about yeah, yeah well, what I do. oh playing a guitar because I used to do that being cocky playing a guitar solo that's really technical but just having a chat to someone while I'm doing it <laughs> Yeah, 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 but th- that would do my head in as a gig. I, mean, I wouldn't mind to watch that. <laughs> See, that's what I mean. It's, it's the gig is the gig. Yeah, and I kind of think that their gig is that, and I think they should their domestic uh, uh, turnover should be just in between scenes. That's fine, but not when they're actually. I'll um, email Joss Whedon. Please uh, do. Say Stephen is not happy with this part, so can you please change it? Yeah, do a, do a cut. Do a direct his cut. Yeah, think of the money you'll make from the DVD when you re-release it. Age of Ultron, <laughs> Stephen cut. <laughs> Stephen edition. <laughs> Stephen edition. Stephen edition. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's a good film, and then, of course they're setting up the stuff for the next uh, thing, which is well, a, did you, kind of a big universal war thing. Probably. Well, no, because you're not a nerd. You wouldn't have stayed to the end of the credits, would you? Yeah, I saw the Egyptian thing. Yeah. Don't, you, don't you, say you, that you, I didn't pay attention. Do you know who that is? <laughs> oh, she's... Um, he. She, was that a he? Yeah. <laughs> she, That's Apocalypse. Really? That's the original mutant, apparently, the very first one. Oh. And that apparently is uber-powerful and that mutant has influenced like everything from Egyptian times although that's why you see him building the pyramids and saying that's him in the comics that did it so and that's going to be coming out next that's year that's kind of cocky mutants build the pyramids that's kind of like saying JFK is a mutant well people <laughs> well just saying that because he's the original mutant he's been revered as like a godlike thing yeah. through years and he's going he's to crop up and Put a spanner in the works, I imagine. I don't know what they're going to do, but Brian Singer's doing the next X Men film, so yeah, I feel he's in good. They're in good hands. As long as, yeah, as long as he's excited about doing it, you know that as soon as a film passes down to the to the next m- music director who hasn't made a film yet, then you start to worry. I think. Well, let's see. You got Brian Singer did X Men One. Brian Singer did X Men Two. Brett Ratner did X Men Three. That's probably, why I, that's probably why I tuned off. It's not good. <laughs> Is it really bad? Oh, it's just, oh, just not good. Um, See, Brett, Brett Ratner's cocky. I don't, I don't really 
enjoy him. As no, a... apart from the um, Hannibal film he, he made. I thought that was okay. <gasps> You're right. He did the uh, the prequel, didn't he? Dread Dragon. And that was actually was very, Dragon, very good. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, I apologise. Brett Ratner, you're not a total douche. No, but, <laughs> I mean, and he did the Rush Hour films, which de- just, they're okay, I guess. It depends on, on, on what, he's, what his brief is, basically. And I think that, yeah, I think he's better in Loki. Loki? I think he's better doing... The well, not Loki. Not Loki, <laughs> I know where you're going with that. But he's better with... Um, being By the way, if anyone's ever seen it, all, all twenty people will listen to this. Um, check out the, is it the Avengers, the Redneck Avengers, Redneck on YouTube. Avengers. The, the those guys who do the bad mouth thinking that I was watching before. Bad, bad lip reading. Oh, yep. it's so funny. Yeah. Oh god, good. I was in tears. They do a lot of the good, good stuff on there. I mean, even the NHL. Is it National uh, NFL? NFL. Um, they do NFL stuff, and that's hilarious, you know, because they have the picture cards that come up, and they say a little thing uh, every right. time the picture card comes up, and it's like, "I cut my wife sniffing glue," and they're just just hilarious, random stuff, and the Walking Dead really songs, good. the songs are brilliant. They're very talented over there at, at, at Bad Lip Reading dot, on YouTube. Dot YouTube. Dot yeah, we love dot we love you guys. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna put some love out there. Who else do we love on YouTube? Um, Red Light Media. Yeah, but you're you're kind of not right. They're just so bitter all the time, and but, so uh, sort of like I'm so better than this. It's it's him, the bigger guy. He's so. But that's an act. That's a part of the act. It's still, it's still a character. Me. It's still a character, though. It's just it's still a character. Yeah. I know. Well, that character annoys me then. Yeah, okay. So like, <laughs> I'm, I'm all right. If she's so much better than them, you go and do it. Make a film and get released in Hollywood and make millions. Go on, if you're better than everybody. I think I think he's going to try. I think he'll try, die yeah, trying, yeah. but I, I think he still enjoys making bad movies that are that are funny and cheap. And, and talk about bad movie. movies. Uh, have you seen Kung Fury yet? No. That's, that's hilarious. Kung Fury. Yeah, it's it, like it sounds like a Jack Black movie. No, it's about a thirty-minute thing that was done on YouTube. Some guys made this like sort of special effects, eighties, jokey action film Fist of Fury kind of it's just yeah like it starts with this guy pulls up in a police car and there's all these youths walking past it he's like hey what are you doing guys like that and they put the skateboard under the car flick the skateboard and it makes the car shoot in the air and then they just shoot the car I mean it's that level of ridiculousness but it's it's really funny I think that sounds good that sounds like a bit of surrealism it's very uh, surreal extreme surreal um, yeah that sounds like and you know like really badly acted but it's just, yeah, but that's it's kind right. of what Red Letter Media like doing as well. I mean, that they like watching. They actually love and appreciate those kind of films. Um, they can rip something off on 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 the, the, the was it the the worst of the best, best, best of the, the worst. worst. Yeah. They can rip a movie up and 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 talk shit on the director, and then they're interviewing that director, mm. which they have done. And, and so it, yeah, it, I think it, give them their due. They're oh no, they're not, right. I've got nothing against yeah. them. And all this stuff when they reviewed Star Wars, I think is absolute genius. I love yeah. the character called again. Plinkett. Plinkett, I love but, Plinkett. But, but kind of like their setup of doing the half of the back thing is kind of wearing thin, maybe. Mate, I think that's it. A little I think bit. I like everything else you do. It's just that I'm holier than thou attitude. Yeah. It was just getting on my skin a little bit, that's all. Yeah, I think, but, I think yeah. their recent uh, thing being in a balloon house with, you know, it's. It, powered that, by. That wasn't very. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't very, you know, enjoyable to. Not as enjoyable as their uh, murdering Plinkett and. 
repairing his VCR story that was. I thought that was very funny. Yeah, but yeah. But now, yeah. I, I, maybe they do need to kind of start thinking a little bit fresh. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I, I can see your point, though. I can see your point. But still, I don't like him, so, you know. Who else do we hate on YouTube? Come on! We, we, we can't even remember his name now. Oh! Mark, Marcus... Floppy head. Get. Marcus, who, who likes Storms in Brighton so much... That he thinks that uh, hail is uh, is hailing golf balls, that there are rivers flowing down his street, and that car alarms are going off because it's 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 scary and dangerous, and he fears for his life. Brighton, Marcus Butler, is it? But Marcus Butler? I don't know. I don't even know his last name, but but he's got millions of views, and he's got his own book out now. What's his book about? I think it's about him and life being a vlogger. And um, his girlfriend actually has a better channel. She actually reviews makeup and does something worthwhile right. with her time other than just walking around like here. I mean, he, he's, he has a huge following of teenage tween girls yeah. who all think he's cute because he, is, he just does that. And, you know, he's, but, you know, get real. A storm is a storm. It's, it's like, I've never seen anything like this in England before ever. And I'm like, Jesus Christ! Have you just rains all the time? It rains and you live in Brighton, you get extra rain though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's never. I mean, they, for the sake of doing a vlog, don't don't kind of. But we do want to do a parody on that. We, yeah, we've well, really we've got to do that sometime um, because you know, in a way, I kind of appreciate that he has got 2.4 million people following him and that he has got a book published and he's actually doing something now but it's kind of come out of nothing and it's kind of that that kardashian thing where they seem to start doing stuff by doing nothing yeah. you know what i mean it's like they've, they've they've got nothing to offer the world they get popular and then all of a sudden they've got cologne they've got this there's this and they've got things and, and they're on this cover i mean kim kardashian is actually on the cover of rolling stone magazine Oh. Now and uh, Sinead O'Connor kicked off and called her a C-U-N-T and uh, and yeah, uh, it's a, it's a weird world, Andy. It is. I think what I'm going to do is start injecting loads of like st- stuff into my bum, so I can have like a really big ass, and then everyone will everyone will like me then. But butts butts <laughs> are the thing. Big butts are the thing. You know, it seems to be that uh, that big wobbling piece of flesh that hangs below your back and above your legs is the most important thing to people in this world. You know, evolutionary theory suggests <laughs> that um, breasts, the low-cut tops, are, um, are designed to um, look like buttocks. So, um, um, so when you can't get a look at a girl's backside, the top of the breasts, yeah, look yeah. like a bum, and that's evolutionary theory. And that's theory why red lipstick that. is also, the, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a flushing vagina. It's, it's everything like that. Well, since know, I read that, thing. I can't look my Anthony eye anymore. <laughs> Grandma, don't. Grandma. Wait, but do you know what? You only have to go into a superdrug and just see all the staff stacking, stacking the lower shelves. To be able to see that butt crack for real. That's uh, true. Yeah, just I, I, fre- I frequented many super drugs. <laughs> Prowl is such, a, such an occurrence. It's like I had a huge jar of Candorel and I just literally just saw a butt crack, dropped the Candorel, I never saw the Candorel again. Yeah. <laughs> just the scary thing is, is she didn't even notice. <laughs> she didn't even notice. Just got sucked up like a bit into the <laughs> void. <laughs> but that's, you know, it's a funny world. I mean, yeah, I mean, 
you know that they're trying to free the nipple as well on in the, the world is kind of doing weird things free the nipple let's 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 so did he do anything different did he have to have a road cut <laughs> uh, i like the title road cut for two reasons one because the primary difference is it involves rogue's character more but also because they're just the, the double meaning of the term rogue because uh, kind of we all went off and did this cut rogue i guess you could say but uh, uh what else uh it comes out july 14th and the significance of that date is very special to me because july 14th was uh the day we released the first x-men film about what was 15 years ago 15 years ago so it's the 15th anniversary the beginning of the franchise it's uh, a universe i've been involved in uh for 15 years of my life well i'll say right is i think you're right not to sound too cynical but the they didn't, the they didn't need to have done this yeah. new x-men road cut it didn't offer anything new it's still the same film yeah 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 it's just like in the original she does get cut by wolverine but you think she just tries to hold on for dear life while she's bleeding out they don't go and rescue rogue in it no, and never. then bring her back you know it was just for the idea to have her in a little bit and to make a bit more money no, no, no. Yeah, it's only to make money because that dvd is 14 um 14 bucks. Uh, I mean, I, I, this is this is my theory. I think that whenever uh, a film comes out, you buy that film. Say you buy Leon, okay? And we haven't actually done this yet. We haven't talked about talked about uh, films and their uh, director's cuts. Yeah, yeah. But if you think about... Okay, for, let's, let's go to the biggie. Let's go to Star Wars. Let's talk about Star Wars for the first time ever. Right, on the okay. Podcast, for real. Okay, so you buy the original um, films on VHS, okay? You've got them. You've got them in widescreen. Um, You've bought those. That is what you have. If he brings out a new edition of that that movie, he should offer it to everybody who's actually bought it already for free. Okay, well, we're never going to do that. That's the, that's my point. There's, I mean, for people who have bought this on Blu-ray already in the original cut, and all of a sudden they're going to add, was it twelve minutes? We're talking about twelve minutes yeah. of footage. You don't need the rest of that movie. You're not buy- You've already bought the rest of the movie. You're just buying twelve minutes. Yeah. So he, he should offer those extra twelve minutes for free. Mm. Uh, he's made his money. He doesn't need to do this. They should just do it as a as a kind of a, a as an add-on to people. Thank you very much for purchasing this DVD because you purchased it. We're going to give you this edition. Well, exactly. That's what special features are for. Yes. That's so you can see the scenes that they cut out. Because I was recently uh, reading an interview with uh, Joss Whedon, and they were asking because he got Age of Ultron the original cut was like over three hours. Yeah. He's like, are we going to get a director's cut? And he's like, no, because because the the cut I put out. It's the cut I put out. Cut. Anything Stand else, by your any, cut. Yeah, anything else that you're going to see, it'll be in the special features. You'll be able to see all the scenes that are yeah. cut out, but they'll be in the special features. Yeah, I say, stand by your cut. Stand by your cut. And if you did, if it didn't make the cut, you don't make money with that. Yeah. That's not fair. That's not fair on the fans that I don't think... I mean, James Cameron, typical for that, you know, with oh, the, yeah, uh, the yeah. Abyss. He sold them a lemon with the special edition because it was not... It was not worth it. It was not. It was nowhere near as good. Again, because we like ambiguity in a film. Yeah, and and they left it ambiguous. They didn't spell it out and say this is about the nuclear race. This is all yeah. about uh, being bad humans, and uh, you know this is we're going to wipe you out with a wave. 
there's no reason for it. And I just kind of feel. I just really feel as though that if you're gonna off, if you're gonna give people something like that, it has to come for free. You can't just make people buy the film again. If they bought the film and then you bring out something, I don't know. It's kind of like saying, okay, I've I've gone into a restaurant and I've just bought this meal, and then all of a sudden they start offering to other people um, the same meal but with an additional side for free. Now, now you've got the meal. You can pay for the meal with the side. Mm. I said, "Well, excuse me, but I didn't get my side." I said, "Well, we already just started doing this. Now you bought that. You bought that meal. Then that's your theatrical cut meal." Collect the complete Star Wars trilogy one by one in their attractive new packages, or in this collectible gift pack. They're getting the special edition meal that I've just put out moments later. The Star Wars trilogy special edition. See it again. For the first time, it's a, it's a cheat and it's a lie, and I think it's well, just bad. It, it just creates the money. audacity of Lucas to not only re-release them on. He, he, we had a cinema release of them, so he said he's improved them. He's added extra scenes, and I was like, "Oh my, we've got to see it." So he gets released at the cinema, makes millions at the cinema, all three films, separate releases. Yeah, and then he releases them. Then on video, and then they're on DVD, and oh, then no, on no. special edition DVD, and then different DVD. And then Star Wars: A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi are available individually for a limited time, only on DVD. The Force will be with you always. But you can get the originals, but for the last time. Do you remember on VHS when they said the original cuts available for the last time? The original Star Wars trilogy on video. One. Last time, last time, last time, last time. The they lied! They lied to us! Yeah. Because they came, those original cuts came out on DVD! And I'm like, you know, people, but that's how gullible people are. People don't realise. And then they end up, you go to a fan of Star Wars and they've got every single VHS edition. And it's like, all right, yeah, what are you doing it for? Collecting the artwork? You will be able to digitally purchase all six films from the Star Wars saga through Amazon Instant Video, Google Play, iTunes, MGO, and Vudu. So are you excited about this news? Personally, I'm not at all. I already own the saga on Blu-ray and transferred the discs over to my PC. So I already have what they're offering. I'm assuming many of you watching this are in the same boat and, like me can't justify spending another chunk of money on yet another release of the Star Wars movies. If they were offering the unaltered theatrical release in Blu-ray quality, I'd be 100% on board. When I heard the news of this, I was pretty apathetic. That's just me personally. I'm sure they'll sell quite a bit of these digital copies, but I won't be dropping the cash on it. Forget about it. Yeah. You know, you've, you've been had, mister. Um... <laughs> Have you seen um, <laughs> Have you seen the Comic Con footage of the Star Wars Comic Con footage? Um, I have, and then, and there, there's there's a bit of a lean into practical. Well, that's uh, it. They're really hammering home the fact that it's pra- they're using a lot of practical effects. But they still use green screen. Well, of course, well, they will do. But there's more. But don't you think it's weird that they sort of like they'll have a shot of him walking through a door and saying, "Look, this is a real door. It's, <laughs> it's not green screen. This is an actual door. We've got what? what? Yeah, we've got makeup artists making." Making creatures, but it, the fact that you watch that and think, "Oh well," and I was watching that and I was like, "That's great." They're actually—it's not a CGI wall; it's an actual wall. And I'm thinking, "Why am I thinking? Why that? are we thinking this? Isn't it crazy that we're kind of—we've been so used to seeing green screen on everything that yeah. uh... real sets, 
practical effects. You've been here, but you don't know this story. Nothing's changed, really. I mean, everything's changed, but nothing's changed. That's the way you want it to be, really. To see the way the technology has evolved, and yet keeping one foot in the pre-digital world. Some some boffin did like um, a Lucas director's cut of it. Have you seen it? Is that the one where they throw in all the special edition stuff? Yeah. So, like in the original one, you just see this one X-wing fighter going through, and then in this uh, redone version, it's like fifty, 50 of them, and then. There's... Funny how they went for the same number there. Fifty. Yeah, fifty. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. I, th- I just thought whoever did that is brilliant. It's really yeah, funny. yeah, it's really so, funny. And, yeah, he's still going to make money from it. It's still Lucasfilms. I don't know. I, I thought Lucasfilms was going to just not be on the label at all. I thought Disney was just a label, but there's no Disney label on it. Well, Disney own the rights to it. Yeah, but they, they own it. But so. they can't put it out without... But it's, but it's not really 20th Century Fox, is it? No. You're not going to get that... That'd be a scenario. shame, actually, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because that's sort of... That's a part of the movie yeah. itself. I mean, they actually sold the soundtrack. The, the, the actual Star Wars soundtracks for the original three films have the fanfare of 20th Century Fox at the beginning of every single one. Oh. And it's weird because no other film does that. No other film actually represents that. Even though, you know, every time you see the 20th Century Fox logo... Stella got a group back. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, there you go. Pinocchio. But, um, yeah, so that's going to be a shame uh, if that, that's not going to be there. J.J. Abrams, I think Bad Robot, of course, of course are... Um, but, uh, it's going to be managed as a bit of everything. The 20th Century Fox, Bad Robot, Lucasfilm. Yeah. A long time ago on a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, I mean... It's going to be a different experience, but maybe it'll just be a refreshing new experience. Yeah. I mean, we're it's... still going to watch it, you know. Still. Going oh, to... no, we'll definitely go watching it. But something to be... There's no feeling in the world, no matter how I feel about the prequel Star Wars films and all that, when you sat in the cinema and that just comes up a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, oh. Well, you remember you when... You get a feeling. Even when The Phantom Menace, just that opening, when everybody went to the premiere and they put that premiere on the, on the, 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 the making of... There was a sudden outroar. Star Wars is back, yeah. and for for a moment before the disappointment comes before in, started, people yeah. were at, in euphoric state, unbelievable euphoria, and you got prickles down your spine, and everybody was like ready for it, and you could tell that everybody was absolutely in love yeah. with Star Wars in that moment. <laughs> Unfortunately, but it was fun. That two hours later, they all came out and slit the wrist. But yeah. that's fine. <laughs> it's like you could you could visibly see it. I remember going to the cinema watching it, and you know, everyone's dead excited. And this is oh, we've got the shared experience. It's going to be amazing. Uh, and you look around half an hour in, everyone's sort of just looking around. And well, their ass is being hung over, and there's George Lucas taking them one at a time. Yeah, so <laughs> what is going on? They all got raped by George. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of comic comic. Let's talk about the comic con trailers then. Yeah, okay, then uh, Superman, Batman versus Superman, Superman, Batman versus Batman, whatever, which way yeah. around it is. I'm kind of like, um, 
whatever. I'll be honest with you, I was completely whatever. But when I watched the trailer, I thought it looked really good. Because that's what trailers are there for. They, they, they give you that... Brown, so, yeah, there's a fade in there. Yeah, not unless it's the trailer for that Terminator film. We think, right, I know the twist because it's in the trailer. There was nothing like that in there. Yeah. We didn't say that about Days of Future Past, did we? I, I didn't give you my, my absolute line of... Oh. That that X Men Days of Future Past Rogue Rogue Edition was the best Terminator film ever. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because it literally is the Terminator done successfully. Because they actually succeed. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think the time travel aspect works in this in that film? In in the Terminator Genesis. No, in um, this one. Rogue Days of Future Past. I think so because everything, but maybe their self awareness of things happening changing. Maybe he's a little bit still there. They should just be carrying on as if nothing happened. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I, I think it's probably one of the more successful, more complicated. I mean, I had to kind of go back a couple of times to kind of figure out where they were coming from and why and, what, and who came from where and who Kitty was and why she died and then she came back. Yeah. Um, I, to be honest, I really like the end of it where he just wakes up in bed and he's in the university. Wolverine, you know. And he walks and he, he finds Xavier and Xavier says, shouldn't you be teaching history? And he's like, history? I, and he's like, I don't remember anything. And you just see in Patrick Stewart's face like the realisation that, oh, you've just come back. And yeah. I really, I thought it was a really nice moment. Exactly. And I think that, you know, when it comes to time travel paradox things, you know, you, you, you kind of always feel a bit suspicious of it. And I think with the Terminator franchise, naturally, they have just gone too far. They don't know what the hell they're doing. They forget. They they have no clue what 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 to do, and they just keep on doing the same thing, um, and it doesn't make any sense. And it just it's just not fun. No. Not fun anymore. But that was fun. It was enjoyable. Yeah, Marvel um, really. I've got the the finger on the pulse of how yeah. to make a decent film. You know, they really do. They're, yeah, for for a for a big budget, mind blowing spectacle. Yeah, I have to say they they do well. That's why um, I love Guardian so much because despite all the huge spectacle of it, it's still got good characters and it's funny and you care about the people who are in it. Yeah, and, and you, you need to have a bit. The thing is, you, you, if if the film was just full of if if the film if the world was just was just filled of just indie films, it would be a very uh, cere- a cerebral world we would be living in. Everybody would be thinking very cerebral thoughts and very hard thoughts and yeah. and and de- deconstructing life all the time. You've yeah. got to have you got to have both. Yeah. You got to have a bit of fun. A, you'd be like this sort of like. Oh, do you mind if I um, have one of your tangerines there, please? Hmm. What, but what is the tangerine? What does but it? What why? does it symbolise to you? What would you like it? me to? Would you like me to give it to you here? Or is there somewhere else I can take it first? I just wanted tangerine, mate. But is the tangerine is that is the tangerine not? You need not to open the tangerine, and you need to t- eat at different at different stages of the tangerine. But which maybe sing- some of them have pips in them. What does the pip mean? Is there a bit, would you swallow the pip? Would then that create something? Blah 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 blah. Yeah, you start to go a world too far. Of pretentious dribble <laughs> and that's me <laughs> I mean that, that's kind of you know, I love those kind of films well, but not all the time but the thing is Comic Con um, Comic Con has your DC and your Marvel and uh, your Batman and your Superman and none of them are really that cerebral but they're fun yeah and uh, I think that, that the apart from the fact that Superman and Batman are doing this versus thing which I kind of find a bit mm, whatever. Well, there's, there's loads of comics where they fight each other. 
I know, but why do people have to just bite uh, each other? Uh, why can't you... they just be friends? Well, I can sort of get by the end of this what happened in the original Superman film was him essentially destroying an entire city. Yeah, exactly. You want to see Andy, don't you? <laughs> you know, obviously, you, you can see that yeah. Bruce got. He runs into the smoke, into like as that the, the smoke and all the buildings falling down. Everyone's running away from him. He runs in the, and you can tell he saves his girl, doesn't he? So I must give him the push to say, right, this man needs to be stopped. He's just yeah. destroyed. If there's, emo- if there's an emotional reason behind it, then yeah. But the thing I've got is it's Superman. Superman could crush Batman. Yeah. It's Superman. It's, well, it's, but, it's, it's in the name. That, that, that Superman is actually a, a supernatural force from another world, in a way. Yeah, it was, Batman is no. It's just a guy. It's, it's this guy. Is, in that a suit. Why, is that why they brought Wonder Woman into it? Because he I can to... imagine the the first battle that they'll have. I reckon, you know, Superman will probably almost kill Batman, and Wonder Woman will come out of nowhere. Well, that, that, I, yeah, I just don't see it as being a, a, a thing. I, I just don't. Batman is not this supernatural force. He's not a mutant. He's not a. He doesn't have anything other than just being in a suit. He's just yeah, a so bit, he's a, a reasonably fit, strong guy in a suit, but he's not an yeah. alien. No, who could lift up a continent. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Or a, a big lake and just dropping on him easy. Don't. Yeah, yeah. You just have to just wait until he goes to his mansion at night. He's cuddled up, watch cuddled, cuddled up with um, with what, whatever his name is, the butler. Oh yeah, yeah, um, Henry. Hen- We're thinking. Not, not Arthur. Oh, Albert. 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 There is. We got Bingo. that. Yeah, cuddle up with Albert on the couch with yeah. a bottle of popcorn and a bottle of, bottle of popcorn. <laughs> bottle of popcorn. Mmm. <laughs> with a bucket. Just watching the movie and then Superman just drops a lake on him. Yeah, Done. exactly. Like, I know you can see in the um, the trailer where he's got like he's got like a huge suit, hasn't he? Like this big iron suit. Yeah. But yeah. still, it's Superman. It's, yeah, but the, the iron suit, I just... It's just for the sake of being dark. He's got glowing eyes. What's, what are we watching on here? Well, that was the weird thing. I, was, I got distracted because there was a video with just loads of people on a water slide. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this? I put my glasses on just to see what was going on. Yeah, How do you it? think Batman versus Superman's going to be? I thought, I have a battle. I think Wonder Woman's going to save Batman. Then he'll probably make that big suit. Another battle. There'll be other people involved. Yeah, towards the end of that battle, maybe they'll realise that Lex Luthor's really the uh, enemy and they'll go after him. I think at the end they'll be friends. They'll come together, yeah. They'll be pals. Kryptonite will come into it. Yeah. Maybe Batman has uh, some Kryptonite that he's... Underpants, Kryptonite underpants. Yep, that'll that'll do. What he'll do, because he's taking the mick out of Superman, he'll he'll put him over his pants, the Kryptonite underpants, and they'll do like a like a crotch touch. Yeah, there'll be like a jewel. Yeah. Jewel hang 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 hang. <laughs> Whack him in the face with it. And Superman's going, oh, Chris. Bit slapping with his oh, kryptonite. Kryptonite penis. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So what would, what would Michael Bay do? Oh. <laughs> well, right. Zack Snyder and Michael... Zack Snyder's like the dark Michael Bay. <laughs> it's true. So probably the way this film will turn out is probably exactly what... Michael Bay would have done, but but with, but with, with, with a few more booties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Megan Fox will, will 
it would have been Wonder Woman just wearing under like lingerie. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, just... it, it, sexy Wonder Woman, yeah. <laughs> well, there you and go. Mark Wahlberg would have been Batman and Superman <laughs> if he played both parts. And then we saw Suicide Squad, another DC vehicle. Yes, another DC vehicle, which is... Which I think was quite interesting as well. Two DC versus one Marvel, is that right? Right, well, we got... Well, because Marvel haven't gone to Comic-Con this year. It's DC's year. Yeah, I don't think they need to. But um, I know they've got Ant-Man coming out like in a few days now. Tomorrow, is it? It's coming out tomorrow. Um, but uh, they haven't gone... I think, obviously, Star Wars went, which is a... Yeah, that was it. Thing, that was a thing. I know Marvel didn't go. Um, I think a few other people didn't go. You can't crowd it. You can't crowd it. Well, I think everyone was surprised that they didn't go. But well, maybe, maybe it's just they need to kind of back off a little bit so that uh, you know, too much Marvel might be too, well, too much of a bad thing. Disney have got an expo. Too much, too much of a good thing. Sorry. Well, Disney have got an expo, so they're oh. probably saving everything for that. And they're probably saying, what's the point in pushing all our Marvel films when we've got Star Wars coming out? Let's push that. And Ant-Man's done yeah. enough. And everyone's going on about saying Ant-Man's brilliant. So. Well, I, dare say that, I dare say that DC and Marvel will completely avoid December um, Yeah, for so. anything. And they'll yeah, just I would imagine you know, so, yeah. leave the market. You know, Unless they want to just put something out there in December that just make, blows their mind and tries but, to throw Star Wars off. But, mm. but, everyone's not, saying that, but it's Batman. not really a competition, is it? It's usually a back off, let you let you have a play. Well, everyone's saying that Batman v Superman is going to be the film of next year. I reckon it's going to blow all competition out of the water. And we've also got mm. Civil War next year. Yeah. Marvel Civil War. I, I don't know. I just kind of, I just kind of think that they. The thing is about Marvel and DC. They don't have to do much. I mean, they, they, all they need to do is just have Superman and Batman throw the logo out, and that's it. Done. Yeah, that's Job done. Yeah, that's yeah, all they yeah. needed. Fans will just be there no matter what. Hmm. Star Wars fans will be there no matter what. Um, and to be honest, they, they, Marvel just need to just let. You know, other people just kind of get because no matter what, they're going to be excited about yeah, something. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, and when Marvel brings out their movies, they'll be there. People will be there because they're, they're they're going to watch them all. Everybody who watches Star Wars is going to watch DC, and everybody who watches Dark DC is going to watch Marvel, regardless of the competition between them. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So, Suicide Squad. What did you think of the trailer for that? It was. Uh, it was interesting trailer actually because they didn't start off with anything. Or, I mean, it's like with the uh, was it the Superman one? They started off with uh, Holly Hunter doing her big return to cinema. Yeah. Um, but this one, it was the the lady who was just talking about these dangerous people who they've put away, and they show little snippets. They kind of slide in gently with mm. it, and I guess, I guess the things that kind of stick out is is Will Smith. Um, He's a, fa- he's a family man, isn't he? The family, the family man once again, who says the title. So this is some kind of suicide squad. Like, yeah, what are uh, we? Some kind of suicide squad. And then yeah. he and then he punches punches out with, "I'm going to come and save. I'm going to save the world." Yeah. And I'm like, no. Because uh, uh, he says it like uh, he's like, "Oh, come on then, let's save the world." But it's because that's what they expect. Yeah. And I think that they don't say it, and then it won't be a thing. It's just ah, why? I'll be honest with you. Though. I don't mind. But... The girl in it playing Harley Quinn. I nearly had a trouser accident. She's very attractive. I like, a... A, I like a bad girl. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's Harley Quinn. That's Harley Quinn. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. 
She she could lick the bars on my cage any day. <laughs> she she looked she looked the, the bars of a of a cell. Let's <laughs> let's think of more of these. She she can stir my sugar in my cup any day. Yeah, I like my women like I like my coffee, white with a spoon in. Um, <laughs> don't go that. But she, I, th- I, th- I think this, anyway, get away she, could, she could have a little bit of day release with me any day. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Okay. Um, she could wait, wait, beat me up in the showers any day. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it potentially could be okay. Yeah. I like the trailer. I thought it looked okay. I like the idea of like a bunch of criminals, essentially bad people, relying on them. But to... have you noticed how, I mean, Harley Quinn's supposed to be this, this jester character right mm. the, the the pure the pure character is she she's got a red hat black white um she's pops around jumps around does all these crazy moves and all that kind of thing yeah they always in these films these days just seem to just go with make her look like a goth chick oh they've got a sexualizer as well yeah a sexualizer make her look like a goth chick let's not make her look like harlequin at all well let's just say that that's harlequin yeah, yeah. you know what i mean that's that's kind of like what i because i didn't even see a Harlequin there. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. What I'm finding strange as well, though, I was watching like Dumb, DC but... have got two things going on. So they've got like the TV world and the cinema world. Yeah. And they're not going together at all. So, because you've got Suicide Squad, which is in the last series of Arrow. Oh, right. They were called in to do Arrow. And now they've got another one, but it's the diff played by different characters in the cinema it's like having your cake and eating it isn't it yeah but isn't that the same with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, Agents and... of S.H.I.E.L.D. mirrors what happens in the film does it yeah and what about Daredevil Daredevil also yeah they talk about the um, yeah they talk about like sort of what's happened in the wider universe in the in a... so the TV reflects what's happened so like what can happen in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. can be changed by what happens Okay. In, the, in the movies but with DC the movies and the TV is different yeah it's 12 o'clock oh right yeah. are you alright for time yeah 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 okay yeah so the, the, they are different but yeah so DC aren't really kind of paying attention to no there's just it's, I, I suppose there's nothing wrong with having the two separate thing I just like the idea of one continuity. and the other yeah, yeah. continuity yeah, absolutely yeah yeah it's, it's kind of like with Star Trek though I mean the movies didn't marry the TV series did it I mean Picard is supposed to be a diplomatic guy who 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 war fighting is the last I thing. Really, yeah. And then that's the next the generation thing. movies, he goes, "Let's kill them now. We must kill. Yeah, we must stop them now. Kill, kill." I could go on all day. Because I know um, Red Light Media talk about Plunkett talks about it, doesn't he? That yeah. when they're in the the TV series, he'll do anything to avoid any kind of confrontation first thing he does in the films he kill 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 kill. yeah which is yeah but uh, yeah it's funny the only thing I kind of find about uh, about a lot of these movies these days is um, they're all about contemporary I mean these superhero superhero films and these high budget spectaculars they're about earth they're about this and that, about and, and and they're kind of like just looking in at ourselves, but with superheroes mm. looking at us, doing you know, like you say with the X Men, are talking about all different possible yeah. like, uh, discriminations. Uh, Marvel are kind of like doing the whole, uh, um, what are they doing? 
um, um, Age of Ultron, kind of the, the, the Avengers. What, it, what what is that about? What is it really? What is the subtext? Is it about power, money? Is it about um, greed? Well, I would say like the Captain America was about corruption, finding out that like it was actually Hydra that's been behind everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. and. Um, and the Age of Ultron is a sort of a continuation of that, but I suppose you could say that it's about AI, artificial intelligence, and how dangerous yeah. it can be. The the dangers of messing with what you don't fully understand. The messing with yeah. alien technology which they don't understand and try and integrate it into integrate it into like our human technology and it goes wrong. Yeah, that's it, that's it. Yeah, so it's it's don't mess with what you don't understand essentially. Yeah. And so all these films these days are all about message message films about us about where we are in our current state um, of course people miss that because they're too busy watching all the blo- buildings blow up and the Hulk going I'm mad mm. um, they kind of I mean it's only kind of if you're going into a film because uh, we, we like to look at the layers we don't just look at the surface yeah um, if you look at the surface it's this and it's just spectacular spectacular special effects but if you do pay attention to it, there's a lot more being said. Mm. But I've just kind of noticed that none of these films kind of explore anything new. They, like I say, they're all they're all about contemporary things, about what is current, what is recognizable, what is known. There's not a lot of kind of real sci-fi exploration. Do you agree? That the uh, yeah, I suppose I do. I think. With these comic book films, it's difficult because they're they're trying to say something current. Mm-hmm. They're trying to keep the fans happy who, who love the comics, who read the comics. So you've got to sort of cater for them. Yeah, you've got to try and put a little bit of substance in there to cater for people who might look a little bit more deeper into films. But also, they've got to cater for the people who just want to go and have a good time. Yeah, you've got all these things that you've got to cater for. It must be a difficult, difficult thing to do to make a for. Yeah, it's like with Walking Dead. I mean, if you if you look at the series, um, they're literally if you look at the map of where they're going, they 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 should be on a journey. Mm. To me, I kind of think that, like I say, it's about that exploration is not happening anymore, because what they seem to be doing is they start there, they go around to this city, then they realize that they've screwed up, and they just go down here, then they go on there, then they go there, and then all of a sudden they come back to where they were before, and they can, they're just going around in circles. Yeah, so, so what I kind of like about The Walking Dead, though, is the thing that always bothered me with zombie films, is like, when the zombie, like, Day of the Dead ends, yeah. there's zombies everywhere, and they just sort of go off into the sunset, and so well, what happens now? What's happened yeah. to them now? But sort of The Walking Dead deals with what's happened after What's happening that. now, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, when... I suppose, like, I've heard that in the next series, they're going to learn how to make bread, and it's going to be, like, a big thing for them, you know, and... Yeah, they're going to change the the, the pace of things a little bit, and, of course, they've got the other series. (laughs) They've got the other series, which is going to deal with how it all started, which is the... the, the, Beyond the the Walking Dead or something, whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark Marin, because he interviewed the writer of Walking Dead, and um, it's funny, because you could tell, like, he's read a bit of the comics, because he used to see someone who was really into it, but he's just totally not sold by it as a concept. No, no. And um, he was talking about like um, dead how they're making this bread, 
Alright. You yeah. know, you've got, and they're, they're going to they're going to figure out to make bread and roll dead chuffed and, they, and, then, Mark, <laughs> and then Mark Maron's like, yeah, oh great, we've got this bread. Oh no, there's another zombie again. Just get that zombie. Let's have some bread. Oh, there's another zombie. <laughs> the way he said it, it's hilarious. Yeah, but it, it, yeah, yeah. It's, but, it's right though, isn't it? Yeah. But that's the, like I say, I mean, Walking Dead is a, is a definite example of this. Instead of actually going anywhere with it, going, you know, just going off and, and just... What was that? He was pulling yeah, down. It sounded like water gushing out of his mouth while he was spewing... Oh, yeah, I was like, oh my God. That. Okay, but yeah, then there's... They don't go anywhere. They go around in circles. And I kind of feel as though that, that superhero films, uh, a lot of these super sci-fi films, and it, well, they, they go around in circles around themselves. They don't necessarily go on any path of unknown and exploration. I know that they're, they're, they're restrained by a comic book thing that if it's not written in a comic book, they don't do it. But even Star Trek. Now, run with me on this one. The, these, these, come on. These, these latest two remakes, both on Earth. Yeah, they go to the Klingon homeworld. They have a, a they start off on an alien planet, but everything just goes right back to Earth. They don't explore. They don't. But the thing is, is the the first two right. The first Star Trek reboot was a, a an origin story, kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. The second one should have been that. They should have gone wasn't. somewhere. Yeah, but they didn't. But yeah. they talk about the beginning of it that they're getting given this amazing mission. Where we're going to be going off for how many years is it? Five years. Five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah exploration. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, we've got that, but he ends up not getting it because he saved that race in the, with the volcano thing yeah, instead of just letting right, them die, yeah. so they didn't get it. And then this whole calm thing happens. So the third one is going to be that. They're going to go and see something that's never been seen before. That's, that's it. It's going to be Star Trek so 3. I'm kind of hoping that this is the end of of uh, the films, spectacle films that are just simply going around the houses about talking about the, the human situation, the human situation, the human situation, and actually getting out and actually f- doing something brand new and seeing something amazingly unusual. Yeah. And I suppose the next Captain America film is going to be... Iron Man against Captain America it's like a, a versus film yeah, yeah. because of the, do you think people with these special powers they feel should be Captain, uh, Iron Man feels that they should be on the register yeah. so people know where they are and what they're capable of Yeah, just to say hi I'm registered I can walk through walls hi you know, so you know, and then Captain America's dead against it, and I think it's like a big political thing. So that's, I suppose that's a little bit different. Is but it's still doing the same runaround. It's still, it's still these two so characters. Want, so you want it. them to go through a wormhole and end up on a planet? Maybe no, 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 no. I think I think you have to look at it in terms as a more of a metaphor that they're always kind of going up against each other or they're going against somebody else who actually then comes back or then goes away. They're kind of like just... Yeah, they're suppose, they're, they're what, stuck in the same web Because where the they've time. shot themselves in the foot is we know that in 2017 they're going to end up fighting Thanos yeah. in the Infinity Wars, which is going to stretch over two films. Yes. So we know what's going to happen. But then that's that's it. There's nothing There's nothing that... You're, 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 not, you're never going to go to a... Um, an Avengers film and go I have no idea what's going to happen here you're never going to go to an X-Men movie and say I have no idea what is going to happen the only, here the only way they could do that is if they killed someone off that you didn't think for one second they'd kill off yeah which which kind of leaps out of the which web a little of, bit but that's not good though I kind of expected that in Age of Ultron I know Quicksilver died in it but it was. I thought someone big would have died 
Well, they have to kill Quicksilver because they know it can't work in their universe because he's, they can't use movies. He's an X-Men. So I think they're just doing that because they're able to... They're, they're more expendable than the actual big ensemble. Mm. The main ensemble. But yeah, I, I kind of don't see... Um, I, I, can, I, can, I can only hope that there are going to be some films that kind of break away. I mean, I, I just think there's a, a tremendous fear of actually breaking away from the staying, you know, having the characters playing with each other and, and doing this and then spinning around in the same world and saying, oh, this is about us again, this is about us again, this is all about us again. Something un, unexpected. Yeah. Not so much unknown, but a bit more of exploration, Although explorative. The, yeah, uh, the writer of Walking Dead was saying that when he's in the writer's room. They're all saying, oh, well, this character's really popular, so we can't really kill him off. And he's like, no, kill him off. People kill won't off. be expected. Kill him off. Do it. Yeah, but he's a real... People like him. People are watching it because he's in it, and they like him. I don't care. They'll be off. angry. They'll be angry, but then at least they'll be verbalizing it. Yeah. Verbalizing it means that it's going to be out on the ether. It gets trended. It gets talked about. And you just throw in... You just have to have faith that you can actually draw another character that people well, are going to like. He's done it? another series based on another graphic novel that he's wrote. I forget, I forget what it's called, but it's coming out soon. I can't remember what it's called, but it's about demonic possession. Oh, really? Apparently, it's really graphic and really violent. <laughs> right up our alley, demonic possession films. You know what I mean? Kind I'm, of, yeah. I'm well <laughs> yeah. I'm excited about it. But he says he, he, he's approaching it as a like a virus that can be tackled and cured. Uh-huh. Apparently, there's a new take on it. Apparently, it's going to be that's good. You see, good. that's it. That's exploring something and in, in going a little bit further out of the of the realm of what is expected. Yeah. As long as they don't constantly have. Here's a possession. Let's go deal with it. Here's another possession. Let's go deal with it. It could be very. Yeah, I think it's sort of like why they're going to go into how and why it chose her and possessed her or him or okay. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that'd be good. That's... Anyway, I'm going to have to go, mate. You're going to have to go. Yeah, because I've got I've got Love and Mercy to watch. That's, I'm, that's I'm, watching me, I'm watching me Brian Wilson. That's it. You're going to watch that, and I'm going to hopefully try and figure out how to watch that without breaking any rules. Yo, we never do such a thing. I'll, ju- I'll just pretend that I've watched it, like, a, and, and uh, you can just take that show, you can run with it. Yeah, if we can't, if we can't get to watch it, we'll talk about it next next week. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Sign and Goff. This is it. This is our big moment. Are you ready? Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, that was, I had so much hope. So much hope. Okay. Thank you very much for listening and. Um, just, just get out of here, will you? But come back next week. That's right, I'm just talking to you. I... Tell him about the Twinkie. What about the Twinkie?